you have your Bible, put it up and uh, repeat this after me. Lord, influence me this morning. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will continue to speak to us. You will reveal your heart to us, Lord. I thank you that you've been here with us since we started the service. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for bringing each and every one here. And I pray this morning what I share, it won't be just me talking to them, Lord. I pray that you will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. This morning I want to share something everyone go through in all their lives, which is very important for us to understand. This is one of the emotions we Christians often lose perspective or we don't learn this emotion. There are a lot of emotions, sadness and emotion. The title is this, I'm going to keep my joy. Why I said this, I intentionally wrote down, I am going to keep my joy. Why is that? Because joy is not a feeling. Joy is an emotion. You can build that emotion. You can create that emotion. You can cultivate that emotion. You can actually nurture that emotion. Just like sadness. Just like depression. Just like, you know, you're feeling worried or whatever. Uh, This is an emotion we cultivate. And there is a beautiful passage. We all know this passage from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. The traditional version says like this, rejoice in the Lord always, yet again I say rejoice. But the message version goes a little bit different. It says celebrate God all day. Celebrate. Can you repeat this after me? Celebrate God all day. So this is an important phrase. Why I said celebrate? Because we are taught in such a way, celebration is something not necessarily a holy thing. You can actually have absolute fun in the presence of God. Anybody can witness? You can have fun in the presence of God. But the word celebration, the word joy, and the word happiness always misrepresented. People think this is the worldly word. For us means pious. You know, for us it's all about um, trembling in the presence of God. We always misuse some of the words. And that's why I wrote down here, I'm going to go quickly. Joy is not the absence of problem. Joy is the presence of God, which means the peace in the midst of all your problems. So it's not the absence of problem. People always say, if I don't have any problems, I will have joy. Lot of people, this is what they do. They will wait until they arrive to the destination and then start to be joyful. That is the wrong way of living. We have to celebrate God every single part of our journey. Many times I've heard people say, when I arrive here, brother, when I get my job, when I finish my studies, when I get married, when I have my first child, when I get my house, then I will be joyful. But you know what you're doing? You're missing the journey. The journey is very important. Every single journey, you need to include God. That's why it says, celebrate God all day. That means when you get up in the morning, you celebrate God. How do you celebrate God? It's very simple. I put it down like four simple ways. The people who live a life of joy-filled life will often do these four things. First one, they celebrate God. Number two, they add value to people. Number three, they give God their concerns. Number four, they experience the wholeness of God. I will break it down a little bit because this is the backdrop. And on this, we will build the remaining part of the sermon. So, how do we live a joyful life? Joyful life has to be expressed outside. So, people look at us and say, well, you are joyful. 
So joyful and happiness are two different things. We know that. Happiness happens. Joy abides. Happiness happens when you watch your favorite television show, when you watch your favorite comedy show, when you watch, you, when you hang out with your friends. When you, these are happiness. Those happiness fades away the moment that event is over. But joy is not an event. It's a continual lifestyle. That's why the joyful people is not focused so much on what's happening around them. The joyful people focused on what's happening in them. So that's why I wrote down, it's not there in the screen, joy is internal but it's also eternal. This word joy is seldomly spoken in the church and in Papa's house we hit this again and again now and then because this is part of our DNA. We are a joyful people. Our tribe is a joyful tribe. We are supposed to be that fifth gospel. So what they do? They celebrate God. What is celebration? Celebration means attitude of gratitude. You get up in the morning, you thank the Lord for it. Everything. Every single day you thank the Lord. We are living in a beautiful, you know, uh, nation. This is a beautiful nation. Many times we think only the garbage around the city. We, but this nation is a beautiful nation. We people are beautiful people. Indians, look at you. Can you turn to one another and look at their faces? They are beautiful people. Hello? Come on, you are now blushing. See, we live in an amazing country, but we don't realize this. We are taught in such a way, you know, one of the guy who actually invented, the Russian guy who invented the atomic bomb, he said, I thought the greatest weapon is atomic bomb. The greatest weapon is not atomic bomb, it's the truth. And even uh, Winston Churchill said this, the truth is the most important thing any person can have, but most of the time it's covered with a body of lies. And we are living in this culture where we are told these things are not for you. India is a rubbish place. Indians are, you know, third world citizens. But that's not reality. God has never made us in a third world people. We are called to live a life that celebrates God. Amen. So every day, how do you celebrate God? You thank God for every opportunity. Thank God for the city. You thank God for your family. You thank God for your friends. You thank God for your church. You thank God for your workplace where you are called to live a life that brings the joy into the world. Amen? That's the first one. Second one, they add value to people. What does that mean? A joyful person, anyone comes in contact with that person, they always feel energized. Ask this question for yourself. If people come close to me, are they motivated or are they depressed? If the answer is, are they, they feel depressed, there is something wrong in us. That's a self-examination. So they add value to people. What is the adding value to people? Did you, you see the diamond in each and every one? John Maxwell says this very beautifully. He says, he goes around the world, he teaches on leadership. Anybody heard about John Maxwell? Yes? The one of the books... Everyone should read is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. It's a book for every. If you are a leader, well, I'm not a leader. You say the first person you lead is yourself. So at least for the sake of leading yourself, get that book even on Kindle or in, it's on ELS book of shelf also, five, six hundred rupees. If you get that, it'll change your life. One of the laws, it says, one of the irrefutable laws, the leaders are called to add value to people. That means when people come into your life, do you appreciate the good in them? Do you see the diamond in them? Do you see the beauty in them? Do you see the one good quality in them? 
That's why the famous missionary worked with Gandhiji, he Stanley Jones. He says this, before I arrived to India, I asked the Lord, what do you have deposited in the nation of India? And the Lord gave him five things. The Indians are religious people. They are more God-centered. Indians are more hospitable people. Indians take care of the strangers. And that's all true, right? These are the treasures already inside before even somebody shared the gospel. So you have to find those treasures and say, well, Sam, these are the treasures you have. You are an honest person. Whatever I share with you, it stays with you. You are not a gossiper. Many times we don't gossip around, but we share it as a prayer request. Right? Add value. That's what the second one. You add value to people. Third one, they give God their concerns. What does that mean? That means you don't carry the burden. You give it to God. You give it to God and you say, God, what's your original design in this situation? So many times we carry what we are not supposed to even carry. We carry stuff by saying, well, these are things that God is allowing me to do this. No, God has called you. He says, cast all your cares upon me and I will take care of you. In other translation, it says, give your burden which is heavy and swap it with mine which is light and easy. So, what are the concerns? Write it down. Say to God, God, these are the concerns. I really want to get married. I want to marry. When I was 30 and I was not still married, one of my concerns is, I don't know whether I will get married or not, you know. And my, my family thought something is wrong with Charles. So maybe you will never get married. So I came to realize that, my goodness, I have to give God this concern. And then at one particular point, the Lord opened a miraculous door. There was a beautiful Spanish girl running towards me and said, please marry me. That's my side of the story. Obviously, you will hear differently from Eunice. Number four, they experience the wholeness of God. What is the wholeness of God? The wholeness of God basically means shalom. So it's not God on Sundays, it's God on every single day. You include God in every activities of life, the wholeness of God. So you live with God, you breathe with God, you walk with God. Write it down if you're taking notes. Religious people pray, kingdom people talk to God. Religious people pray. What is prayer? You go with an address. Oh, Heavenly Father, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I come before you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. I am nothing. You are everything. Answer this question in the most precious name. Amen. And then, chalta hai. Hello? That's what the religious person do. I am not praying that much. I am talking to God. While I am talking to God, Bible says, in all this, give thanks, petitions, you pray to God. While you're talking, while you're saying, God, what's your original design for Belur? Why this place is like this? Why? So while you're talking, by the way, Lord, according to your word, your word says, pray for the leaders. So I pray for Mr. Dore Murugan. I pray for Mr. Kartigayan. I pray for this Kartini that was an ex-mayor. I bless them, Father. I pray for the RTO officer. I pray. I bless them. So you constantly speak life over the city. You're agreeing with God. So prayer is for religious person. Kingdom person, talk to God. How many wants to talk to God? Amen. How many of you want God to talk to you? Amen. That's the most important thing. We go with that list and then by the time we say all glory and honor, God knows this guy is going to wrap it up. Right? 
because you never start off by saying all glory and honor we have a rhythmic way of finishing it up see these are nice to hear but this is not from your heart i want to create a culture in papa's house that you are connected to papa in such a way there is no mask amen so these are the four things people who live a life of joy filled will often do this okay how to keep my joy we live in a world where joy is very fragile because you leave the house you go somewhere somebody cut the road they just say something you lose the joy you lose the peace you lose the happiness something happens you know we live in the digital world i was listening to one article bless you i was listening to this person who was sharing and he said something very important the guy who founded apple steve jobs the guy who founded apple he said this he never give his tablets or iphones to his kids there is a limited time only will allow them why he understood the power of addiction look at us we are so addicted sometimes and the more we tablet we have in our hand the more tablets we need to take it inside hello it's one of my bad puns you can laugh okay it's ridiculous when people don't have internet for example the 4g speed turns into 3g or 2g something manifest in them that you can see in people's lives suddenly their facial expression changes you know and i want to really challenge us i'm going to give you quickly 10 joy traps that means these 10 things easily kill the joy i'm going to quickly go for it and then we're going to pray so what traps i need to pay attention the first one this is what i wrote down here i can lose joy when i focus so much on perfectionism what does that mean so many people want to be perfect they are waiting for the perfect husband to arrive they are waiting for the perfect wife to arrive guess what there is no such thing called perfect person we are inevitably flawed we are designed flawed why because the bible says because of the sin he falls short of the glory of god what does that mean he falls short of the mind of god the culture of god so we always ask how do i preach how did i sing how did i organize how did i do that you know we are not called to live a life of perfectionism we are called to live a life of excellence what is excellence to do according to your ability every person is called to do a lifestyle according to your ability excellence is means doing your very best turn to the person next to you and say you are an excellent person come on everyone you are an excellent person what does it mean that you are doing your very best whatever you are best at doing it don't compare that's my second part you know so we will lose joy i'm going to rush quickly because there's 10 of them i want you to take notes so maybe one of those maybe your joy traps that you lose the joy so second one we lose joy when we focus on performance rather than leaning on the anointing of jesus you know see all this instruments these instruments can only impress you what's going to touch you is the anointing of the holy spirit you understand some churches you go there i was in one country i live unnamed i walked there there is smoke mission and lights and this and that and then there is a limelight for the singer and then boom 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 and the music heavy music i thought i was in a pub 
It's all nice. Beautiful. And the pastor came up and said, Thank God we got almost two million dollars to fix all the sound system. I'm thinking two million dollars, 200 churches in India would be fixed with that. Not condemning, huh? no condemnation. But this is the reality. Sometimes we tend to move towards that part where we think we need to attract people through all these things. Well, you can attract them, but you never impact them. You can impress them by attracting. But what's going to be impacting on their life is the anointing of the Lord. And what is the anointing, by the way? Anointing basically means, I have said this before, God's ability and power in me to do things that I can never do it on my own. That's anointing of the Lord. That's anointing of the Lord every day I need it so that I won't lose the joy. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit is upon me. So I am not focused on performance. I am focused on doing my very best. Okay. So, number three. We lose joy when we compare ourselves with others. This is a big one. Why? Because we live in a world where we are told all the time how to live a better life by comparing others. If you have a 22-inch TV, they tell you, it's much better if you watch it in 52-inch TV. If you have 52-inch TV, they'll tell you it's better if you watch in 80-inch. If you have 80-inch, they'll tell you, no, 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 that's your LED, now you need a 4K TV. Now they're going to release already the 8K. Hello? So when you have a 4K, you'll be thinking, hmm, Lord, why did I... You know, some people lose joy because the coffee machine in the morning is not working. They say, Lord, why are you persecuting me? Because the stupid coffee machine doesn't work, they think it's a persecution from the Lord. Hello, I am not saying to you, you look very holy to me, you know. It's not for you. But we compare ourselves. You see, in comparison, two things happen. It's not there up in the screen. Two things, pride and discouragement. These are two dead end roads. What is pride? Pride basically says, you are better than others. What is discouragement? You always look at others and you say, somebody is better than you. These are two dead ends. So what happens when you are prideful? You always think, I know it all. I know it all. I get it all. I, this is my, I'm the best. I'm the best in the town. I, I know it all. That's a dead end. God will never bless a prideful person. Discouraged person always look at somebody and say, I wish I could be like this. I wish I could be like this. I wish I am whiter than like this. Why? So we have this comparison. I wish I am white. And the white person, I still remember, it was many years ago, I was in Argentina. That time I was single and super available. And I was there in that city doing a ministry. I brought a team of 13 people from five different nations. We were in Buenos Aires. And all the people have silky hair. And I was the only curly hair guy. And this beautiful Argentinian girl soon says, Oh, eres tu cabello muy bonito. This, your hair is so beautiful. I'm like, <clears throat> say it again. I didn't hear the first time. Why? Because grass is always greener on the other side. One day the Lord told me, Don't look at the grass the greener on the other side. If your grass is not green, grow the grass that can be green one day. Amen? So, we can lose joy when we compare ourselves with others. Pride and discouragement are a dead end. And I wrote down here, God did not call me to be a best missionary or a pastor in this world. God called me to be a missionary pastor in the gifts and talents he has given me to do the, do the job that he has commissioned me to do. That's it. You stand in the mirror and you say, this 
is me and I am going to do whatever God has designed me. That's it. No comparison. No try to prove to somebody. You know, you don't need anyone's approval. You are already approved by the Almighty. Amen. You don't need any position. You are already positioned in this heavenlies next to Christ. Hello. I can stay here for long, but we need to keep going. We can lose joy when we try to please people. Do you know one thing? On the other day, I was thinking about this whole pleasing thing. Because I grew up in a culture where you have to please your uncles and aunties. And the more bigger the family is, the more pleasing you have to learn. Hello? Yes? It's like, what uncle will think about it? And in my family, there are always more than two weird uncles. My family has a lot of weird uncles. And every family has got at least one weird uncle. Am I right or wrong? Hello? You are laughing. Maybe you know that uncle or you may be one of those uncles or aunties. And this is one of the things. I grew up in the culture where I was taught to please. And then I realized one day, the Lord told me, you know Charles, even I don't try to please everyone. Because everybody is asking different things in the same city. How many of you get up this morning and you, everybody desired something else? Oh, I wish it's raining. Oh, I wish it's cold. Imagine if that was the case. So this is what happens. Even God cannot please everyone. Say this after me. I am called to please God. Nobody else. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am called to please God. Not you. You didn't expect that coming, no? All right. In other words, we lose joy when we have fear of men or fear of disapproval. This is a big thing in the Indian culture. See, I am born in this culture. I am grew up in this place. But somehow God took me out for 10 years, out and I lived and I could see, really objectively, I could see some of the challenges, some of the treasures in the culture. And that's why I'm challenging us. We live in a place where we constantly think, oh, the fear of disapproval. Listen to me. You are already approved. You enjoy the presence of God deep inside. The one person that you no need to lose, you don't have to lose, is the presence of God in your life. Amen? That's the fourth one. The fifth one, okay, we lose joy when we try to fake it and not be authentic. What does that mean? The people are not looking for actors. The people around the world are looking for someone who can be authentic. You see, as a pastor, I'm telling you this. If you come to me and with some questions... I'm not going to say, I know it all. I'm a person weak like you. My position does not qualify me. My identity qualifies me. My position is just a function. Hello? I don't get my identity based on my position. That's why here in Papa's house, I tell people deliberately, don't call me pastor. If it's okay, you can call me Charles or Anna. You know, let's keep it... Casual. Why? Because I want this position should not rule us. Look at our culture. Some people are right reverend, some people are left reverend, some people are apostle. And they have never gone anywhere but they are called apostle. The apostles means you have to go. But they are staying there for 25 years. You, you, you understand the point? So this is where it's all got into such a mess. So we not to try to fake it. You know Why? The Christians are called fakers. Why? We live a dubious life. We live one church life and we live another life. I want a prophecy over each and every one. Hold the person next to your hand. Hold the person's hand. Say, I'm not going to fake it from now on. 
I'm going to live an authentic lifestyle. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to be that fifth gospel that is so attractive. So I wrote down here, you know, when we people are not looking for actors, but they are looking for someone who can be authentic. What does that mean? That you can say, you know what? I'm also a mess up. But the grace of God has washed me, made me clean, made me whole. My friend, we can pretend one of the greatest sins that is tolerated in the religious circle is the sin of pretense. What is the sin of pretense? You can appear good, you can appear holy, you can appear righteous, but inside you are a messed up person. That's why Jesus looked at these Pharisees and he said, you whitewashed tomb, everything outside looks perfectly spotless, but inside you stink. I want to challenge us that we will create a culture in such a way that we will be authentic, we will be real, we will share to people, you know what, yes, my thought life was not right. Can you please pray for me? Yes, in my private time, I had weird thoughts. Please pray for me. How many of you, when you have angry or you have a relationship problem, you have your imaginary conversation with that person? Hello? You look as if like, what are you talking, Charles? Imagine if James messed up with me and I don't know how to confront him but I have a beautiful imaginary conversation. And you know what? In that imaginary conversation you always are right and you always win in that conversation. Hello? Yes or wrong? Suddenly I feel like I'm alone in this room. My friends, let's bring it before the throne of God. That's why we have one another. I strongly encourage you, find somebody that you can connect, share their hearts. I have mentors, mentors for my family, mentors for my personal life, because you all need four people in your life. I don't know whether I said this. You need a role model, you need a mentor, you need a friend, and you need a disciple. All these four. First one is what? Role model. You have to look up to someone. I have role models. Then you need a mentor. What is a mentor? Mentor is more like a coach who tells you, okay, Charles, do this. How are you doing this? He evaluates your progress of growth. The third one is a friend that you can share your heart. No need to feel like you'll be judged. But a friend should be always someone who adds value at the same time, brings you closer to Christ, not takes you far away from Christ. That's why you have to be choosing your friend. And the last one is a disciple where you can pour, you can invest in someone's life. All of them need this. That's why I wrote down here, it's very important that we are not acting. We are authentic. What is authentic? You just say, you know what? I'm an original piece. I'm not a duplicate. What is the opposite of original? No, Chinese. Hello? It, it may be shocking to hear this, but that's the reality, right? What is the opposite of original? Chinese, ah? Huh? Hmm. You understand? The Tamil slang people, you know what I'm talking about. Right? So it's, it's, it's not duplicate. You know, immediately know. I was in Hong Kong a few years ago, and that time it was iPhone 3 or 4 was the season during the time. 
and i remember there the iphones cost only 60 dollars 4000 rupees i was about to buy it it looks like iphone but it is as runs a different software and i was about to buy it and the lord gave me this impression you know, usually when the lord talks he doesn't talk louder no it's just like <clears throat> just little nudging i almost said get behind me satan but he said no no i'm not satan i'm your father do you want to prove to people that you are carrying a mobile phone that's worth 50000 rupees <clears throat> so again no basically i really want it. so you don't trust me that i can provide you at the right time that you are capable of doing it sometimes you feel like you know people walk with a rado watch it's actually from burma bazaar they bought it for 20 dollars you, you get my point try not to fake it don't get your you know prada shoes which is not really a prada if god blessed you with enough money that you can buy a original one get the original one try to live an authentic lifestyle people will look at you and say yes this guy is real man he may be all messed up but he is real you know one of the reasons donald trump won the election if you ask many americans they'll tell you this they'll tell you he won because he is honest hello we need to raise up honest people in the church honest people in the body of christ honest people in the nation amen quickly we lose joy when we focus on criticism and conflict what does it mean there's always somebody going to not like you hello let's get this settled not everyone will like you i have made that very clear i made it very clear in my life not everyone is going to like me some people want to say charles makes too much joke in the service some people will say charles is not very serious kartrudiya samugathale in the presence of god there is always like this you know one pastor stopped inviting me to preach in his church why because you always make people laugh i said i don't have any notes like this is joke number 1 joke number 2 joke number 3 is just the way i am built in you take me or you leave me he said i am leaving you brother hallelujah hasta la vista you understand so we always find somebody somebody will never like you you put how beautiful your picture on facebook status they will never like and you're looking for say this person liked it i'm not saying you hello you are another level in the glorious level okay maybe i'm preaching to the the people on facebook anyway so we lose joy when we focus on criticism and conflict what does that mean there's always going to be people who don't like you that's going to take the good ones and leave and learn and move on you see if people sometimes they don't say come and say to me oh charles i don't like this i don't like that i say okay let's evaluate it where i did wrong i take responsibility what is responsibility respond according to your ability and then you move on that's it you don't dwell there oh that person didn't like me what should i do brother should i change should i do this no this is who you are embrace yourself that's it if people criticize you fine and the more taller you grow in your life people will criticize you welcome the criticism learn from it move on in your life don't dwell on that don't say oh that person is not accepting me this person is not embracing me even in your family not everyone will like you and even in the church you can't be close buddies with everyone no some people not like you just move on with it life just embrace yourself god likes you and you like yourself amen
That's the beautiful thing. Put your hand on your heart and say, I like myself. Some of you don't know where your heart is. It's usually on the left side. Unless otherwise you are a miracle somewhere it's placed. Or say, I lost my heart, brother, on the way in the bus. Well, that's another issue. We'll pray for you. But put your hand on your heart and you say, you know, I like myself. And more than I like myself, God likes me. That's it. Move on in your life. Don't allow this joy to be stolen. This is the beautiful emotion we can cultivate. Number seven. Okay, we lose joy when we disconnected from the Lord. What does that mean? When we lose the love of God for the people. Disconnection, what is that? Every person needs to be connected with the Lord. That's what we call quiet time. That's what we call intimacy with the Lord. Every person. If you are grouchy, grumpy, grumbling, what is the sign? You are not connected to the Lord. Some people are like alsatian on steroids. They are always like this. They even say to the pastor, praise the Lord. It's like they're grouchy. They're always grumpy. They're always grumbling. They're always whining about something. I don't know why the Lord has kept me so far in this world. So long. I don't know why I am still in this nation. Everybody got 10 years multiple entry visa to America. Why am I still sitting here? This kind of grouchy, grumbling, whining people, they are not connected to the Lord. Listen, complain to God is not a sin. It's part of worship. You can say, God, take out my pain and stuff like that. You can complain. But complain about God is sin. Get my point? Complain to God is not sin. But complain about God. People go and say, I don't know why the Lord is persecuting me like this, brother. I don't know why I went through this. Everybody in my department got promotion. I got demotion. Why is it happening to me? This kind of lifestyle, God is not pleased with. That's why I wrote down here, when we, we can lose joy, when we, when we don't get connected. That means we can give without love, but we cannot love without giving. See, when Jesus did a ministry, it's, if you look at the Gospels, all the four Gospels, very beautiful. He always advanced in the ministry, but then he will retreat himself. He will say, let's go somewhere. The Bible says he always had a mountaintop experience, a secret time. And that secret time actually helped him to be more successful outside. Some of us are not successful. Why? Because we don't have a secret time. We have a secret time for everything, but not for Jesus. I want to challenge you guys. Please, don't fill your spiritual tank only on Sundays. Fill it on every day in your life. Find some time. People say, I'm not a morning person. Fine. Find an evening time, midnight time, whatever time. Find some time where you can seek the presence of the Lord. Sit some time alone. Go for a walk. Turn on some you know, scriptures in, the, in your phone. Let the word wash you. Bible says we are washed by his word. What does that mean? That the word, let it speak to you. If you are not washed by the word, other word will wash you. The opinion of others will be higher to you. The opinion of Satan will be higher to you. That's why allow the word to minister to you. 
connect with the lord when you are connected with the lord you get the burdens of the lord you get the passions of the lord you get the dreams of god you get the ideas of god you get the thoughts of god that's why the bible says in romans 12 do not be conformed to this patterns of the world but renew your mind the hinduism teaches you empty your mind do yoga people will sit in one position think about the same thing that doesn't work it's like navel gazing it's not going to take you anywhere but the bible says renew your mind what does that mean take the mind put it in the word renew it think about it it's not how many chapters listen to me it's not how many chapters you read every day it's how many of those verses gets inside your system sometimes i'm stuck with five verses i started reading john 15 i could not finish it it's so in depth there are some scriptures it's it, it doesn't allow me to go to the next one i can make a religious mark say john 15 16 17 three chapters i read brother what do you know about it 15 16 17 so tell me about it 15 16 17 it's not about what you read it's what goes inside your system there are some scriptures i used to think like that i have to finish the bible in one year which is not bad idea but it's not about how fast you read is the system getting inside the bible gets inside is the word get inside take the word dwell on the word the bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise what does that mean a thankful heart will always celebrate god what are you thankful for we are almost in four months we finished this year are you thankful for god at least four things in your life we complain to god we know what we don't have but we really seldomly realize what we have in us amen point 8 we can lose joy when we get surprise attacks this is one common thing listen to me i'm going to say this as soft as i can bad things happens to good people good things happens to bad people this is part of life we can never change that we live in a fallen world nothing works climate doesn't work perfectly our system doesn't work perfectly even the picture in the aadhar card looks differently right hello one guy wrote on a facebook status i will marry a girl who looks as beautiful in the aadhar card also as she is in the real picture i think he's going to be single for a long time have you seen your aadhar card pictures to have a reality check if you are in pride pull out the other card look at yourself put it back bring all your ego down and the voter id also if you if i show my voter id to you some of you will have a heart attack your driving license yeah oh lord jesus let me not go there see listen to me we can lose joy with surprise attacks the world is never going to side with you the satan is never going to side with you enemy is never going to say well you are my companion no the day when you start walking with jesus enemy is like a chicago hitman who's trying to take your life down that's what he's looking at he's looking bible says he is like a lion roaring lion trying to devour who he can that's why you have to cover yourself with the word and surprise attacks happens you know suddenly things happens suddenly somebody gets sick suddenly someone close to your heart passes away suddenly things goes wrong it's not because you did wrong it's just part of life 
But one thing we know, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Amen? This is who we are. God never said, you will follow me, I will give you a pain-free life. Hello? God said, follow me, you will have trouble, but cheer, I have overcome the world, so will you overcome. Guys, I can give you ear-tingling sermons. Fill this place. I have the fear of the Lord. I want to tell you the truth. Sometimes truth makes you miserable before it sets you free. So I want to challenge you to think like this. Sometimes walking with Jesus means it's painful. It's isolated life. It's deserted life. It makes you challenging to think like why I chose to walk this. But listen, the Bible says the one who called me is faithful to finish what he has started. That's why Paul, he wrote this book, the Philippians. Scholars say that it was one of his last book before execution. And he wrote it in a cold, dark prison. And he says this, My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And then he goes on by saying, saying this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What was he making the point? He was saying, you know what? Walking with Jesus is not all bling bling. Walking with Jesus sometimes is lonely, sometimes rejected, sometimes people misunderstand you, sometimes people will reject you. It's okay in all these things. I am more than a conqueror. Amen? Isn't it beautiful that we have a Savior who has gone with us and is going with us in every area of your life? Some of you feel like this, asking this question, why I have to go through? I want to challenge you as soft as I can. Why not you? Because God wants to be glorified. John Piper says this beautifully. God is more glorified not when you have all the things going well. God is more glorified when you are going through pain and loss but still you choose to say, God, you are number one. That's where God is more glorified. Hello? It's hard for some of us to get it. But I tell you, it's hard for me even to share it. You know, the greatest, weakest link in my life is my kids. If my kids are attacked, if they go through sickness or anything, my heart pounds like crazy. Why? Part of your flesh that is fragile is there. They cannot help and I cannot help. When Asha was admitted in ICU when she was born for 19 days and the doctors almost gave up hope and we gave the name Asha because the Lord said she is filled with hope. And here, there she was, lying hopeless. Your heart beats. And one thing all I could do is kneel down and say, God, you gave Asha and you never made a mistake. And I bless you and I praise you. It's tough. But that's where we get the joy of the Lord. Number nine, we lose joy when we have a wrong motivation. So many people have a different kinds of motivation, trying to prove to someone, trying to please someone, trying to impress someone, trying to get someone's attention. Listen, this ministry is not to prove to anyone. I am here because God has called. You are here because God has called. You do the work because God has called. What is your motivation? I believe it's, he publicly honors when you give in secret. You understand? 
What is your motivation? When you give, so many people wants to give, but they want their name. Hello? Let's do it in such a way, the Lord says, when you give, your right hand should not know your left hand. When you bless somebody, when you do this, you know, when you meet a homeless person on the road, buy him one biryani. Don't make it a, you know, don't make a selfie. The homeless feeding biryani. Hashtag feeding homeless. No, just go, sit with him, give it to him. If you look at our Facebook, I'm not trying to tell this in arrogant or pride, we'll say. We never post any social activities what we do on Facebook. Why? Because if I do it in secret, the one who's gonna reward is gonna reward me publicly. And never tell. So many kids go through our program studies. We feed. I don't want to tell the numbers. We don't put it up. We don't share. We don't. Very few people know. The people who are close to us, they know. Christmas time, we gave hundreds and hundreds of blankets. We covered the city with the love of God. We never posted. Why? Because the love of Jesus is very important. It's not how you do it. Why you do it? The motivation. Amen? Last but not the least, I'm going to pray with you guys very quickly. We lose joy when we don't know what is our calling, our purpose in life. I wrote down here, your calling is your vocatio. Vocatio is actually a Latin word for sacred calling. Okay? That's where we call, we got the word vocation. Okay? Vocatio. So what is your design to do? What is your original design? Deep down, everybody is called to do something unique. And this is what I wrote down here. Your job is what you are paid to do, but your work is what you are born to do. Let me say this again. Your job is what you are paid to do, but your work is what you are born to do. In other words, your career may change, but your purpose never change. Your career will change, but your calling will never change. See, 10 years ago, I was a traveling itinerary missionary. That was the job of mine. I traveled the world, 15, 20 countries. I traveled every year, go around, preach the gospel. That was my career. But my calling was all the time the same, to share the good news and to build up the body of Christ. So now... This next 10 years, that's what God has called me. When I became 40, the Lord said, the next 10 years, Charles, you're going to stay put in one city. I'm going to still send you to the nations, but not as many. But you're going to sit here, build up a generation who can become the next leaders in this society. So, we started Papa's house. I want to challenge all of us to think about this. Where is your calling? What's your calling? It's your calling is just to get a job, pay your bills, Pay your mortgage, go in your life, or is your calling something deep down in your heart? I wrote down here, fish is destined to swim, bird is destined to fly. That's how you and me are destined to do something unique. And how do we find that uniqueness? By coming closer to the throne room of God and say, God, what is your original design? When you created the 7.2 billion people, this person you created for what reason? You ask. He will speak to you. But I want to challenge you. This calling, many people don't know. 
and they are just tossed here and there they go from one prophet to another prophet they go it's almost like a christian witchcraft now in the body of christ they go and say brother you have any word for me i remember i was in one country i live unnamed one lady came she said brother you have any word for me i preached for a whole hour people were taking notes i gave a word from the lord but they really want another word hello are you getting my point you have a word i said jesus loves you you can never go wrong in that word hello because he is not going to hate anyone oh thank you i'm like yeah of course people are running after one word after another word they will sit for whole hour and then pastor any word pastor read the word meditate the word take the word put it in action don't jump for one person other person listen these things are the sign of the end end times you are called to put the word in practice you take the word read go to the private quarters open the word meditate the word chew the word this is hard work don't wait for somebody to rub over you when you don't hear god do what he told you the previous time hello you understand what i'm saying oh i don't have a fresh word hello do the previous word keep being faithful i need a fresh word i need a fresh you don't need to do gymnastic walk around ooh, ooh, ooh. all those nonsense put it in the garbage seek the word the bible is not looking for any religious fanatics the bible is looking for someone who can hear the word put it in practice go to the inner chambers fast why do you fast because you can humble yourself you can take the time to pray and keep doing what you have been normally doing listen to me write it down god will never give you a fresh revelation if you have never fulfilled the past revelation listen papa's house is a bible based church you and me are a word based why because this is the bible says the heaven and earth will fall away my word will never fail it's so easy to dominate and control people who are fragile and say yes i have a word for you but my manipulation listen to me and can i be honest with you can i if i manipulate to get you i have to manipulate to keep you what does it mean if i manipulate and give a fancy word for dr divya to keep her i have to ma- keep manipulating because lie can never be built on a foundation of truth and to build another lie it cannot be on the truth it's like a domino card it'll fall off hello you getting my point that's why here we emphasize the importance of dwelling in the presence of god reading the word of god get connected with people be real be authentic we have life groups we have people who can you can share you know if guys i mentor guys i talk to guys girls can talk to my wife we don't do opposites mentoring why i have seen people who mentor opposites and then ran away with the opposites brother 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 and one day brother ran away with a sister it's true i'm not joking seek commitment seek the lord don't look for those weird stuff amen, amen.